Hey, 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 everybody. It's that time of the night. It is Tuesday and it's 7 p.m. And we are going to jump right into our Outside the Box show. And when I tell you, we have an amazing topic that we're going to be talking about tonight. We're going to be talking about friends, lovers, and loyalty. And I am really excited. Can't wait to see what this discussion is going to turn out to be. Let's get our guest on. Uh, we have uh, Bishop Foreman. Hey, Bishop. What's going on, sir? How are you? All right. And we have Mr. Q. How are you doing? All right. All right. And um, we have a couple of ladies who's, who are going to be joining us for this conversation as well. Um, but let's jump right on in. Let's let's start with prayer. Father God, we bless you and we thank you for this time to share. And we pray that this uh, this uh, conversation today will be meaningful and purposeful in the lives of uh, folks who tune in to listen. And we're just excited, God, that uh, you've allowed us this opportunity to do so. Let's bring in one of our, our ladies. Uh, hello, Miss Nicole. How are you? Hello. I'm well. All right. All right. All right. All right. So today we're talking about friends, lovers, and loyalty. So let's kind of jump right on in there. The big question that I want to kick this whole thing off with so that there is no misunderstanding about how I want this conversation to go. And I'm going to start with you, Nicole, <laughs> from a female perspective. Can men and women who are not together be friends platonically? In other words, is it okay for a man to have a woman as his friend, best friend, hangout buddy, uh, his ace boon coon, his ride or die. Can a man and a woman have that type of relationship without there being suspicion of hanky-panky? Suspicion? No, I don't think so. Um, but I do think that you can hang out like that. Okay. So... Uh, what creates the suspicion? Um, the fact that people believe that men and women can't. I mean, it's a natural thing for a woman to be attracted to a man or a man to be attracted to a woman, even in friendship. Something attracts you to that person to be their friend. Um, so I think suspicion just comes from people not... I've had male friends that people just did not believe were my male friends. So, okay. Well, let me stretch it further. What if either one of them are married? Can they still maintain this ride or die, homegirl, homeboy, uh, platonic relationship if one of them is married? Is that an appropriate scenario? I, I think they can, but I don't think it's appropriate depending on the spouse. Because okay. if my spouse does not agree with my friendship, and I've been in that situation too, then it's out of respect for your spouse. You either love that person enough to like your spouse, I mean, not the friend, right. to, to let that <laughs> friendship go or, or, and your friend would respect it. I mean, 
I have a male friend that respects the fact that I'm married and and we don't hang or anything. So, I mean, we'll communicate with each other if we see each other, like we may talk about old times, but we don't hang. You don't hang out. Mm -hmm. Q, what if, what if that relationship, you, what if you were the, the, the guy friend and you and this girl have been friends since childhood? Y'all have been long, she's newly married two years or whatever. And her husband says, I don't want you hanging out with Q. How do you deal with that? Good. That's a perfect question to ask me. Number one, um, Ivory said she didn't receive the link. So send that, resend that to her if you can. I was trying to, but I couldn't get it to her. Now, to answer, I have the perfect answer for that because I actually I have two childhood best friends. One is a male, uh, one is a female. Um, and we were literally childhood best friends growing up. And the scenario that you presented happened 100%. And Nicole is Nicole is 100% right. So even when um, I met the guy when you know, even before they get got married, because that was one of the things I do, I, I would check people out, see how they're doing and, and make sure that they felt comfortable with me. Um, but Nicole hit it on the nail that that's the spouse has to be absolutely okay with it. So even when he presented that he was okay, and everything was fine, and we knew each other. He kind of reneged on the deal later on down the, down the, down the road. And <laughs> I understood that there was nothing that I can do about that. So then the, the parameters of that friendship changed. We have to be friends from a distance. So may, maybe I don't just call you or um, speak to you or I don't come by or, you know, I understand what it is, but that's your husband. So that's I have to respect his wishes first. And any friend, best friend in a scenario like that, the the spouse has to be on board. If they're not, then you know that's where it stops. But 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 here's here's the real question too, though. Uh, why why did it change? Why why do you think the scenario changed? I'm not in a household, but they you know. I mean, how did you find out? Did he tell you? Or did she tell? You? She told me. Oh okay. yeah, yeah. She told me like, hey, and I was like, you know, and I'm like, well, I just I came by there and every time I come in town, I come by and everything is cool. And he say, what's up to me? And this and this and that. And I thought, she was like, oh, yeah, we had a long talk after that, too. I'm oh, sure like, he's cool like, with being both of your friends. But as far as like you hanging out separate, just you and the female. I mean, when you become married, your friends kind of become your spouse's friends. Like most married couples right. have couples that are friends. So it'd be kind of difficult to hang out with one True. person, just you and that person. And, and that ain't honestly, even it's just kind of difficult for that to happen and no kind of feelings to ever flourish. It just, you know, okay, it, Nicole, at the beginning, oh man, you, said, you said that being platonic friends was possible. So it that is possible, but uh, feelings might develop. Feelings might develop, but you have to remind yourself that we're friends, even if you have to look at that person like, hey, because honestly, like the male friend I have, ew, like I know too much to even <laughs> want to go there. So you have to remind them, hey, like, you know, remember, like we're friends. We're not we're not doing that. We're not going there. But I mean, your spouse isn't going to know that you're doing that. And even if you told your spouse that it would make them even more so uncomfortable because then there are feelings involved. So y'all okay. not on a mutual so, so friendship Bishop, level then. Bishop, I'm yeah. going to ask 
you a question that's going to kind of turn this a different way. We've been talking about uh, kind of, you know, uh, you you are um, a single man unmarried right now. And if we're male friends, what if your wife said to you, honey, I don't I don't want you. I don't want you hanging out with Bishop Bright. So uh, I think one thing's important. I love what you just said and the, the, the telling of what we just were talking about. Because um, there's a scripture, to the pure, all things are pure. To the defiled and unbelieving, everything is defiled. If, um, what a person thinks about your friendship speaks more to what their own inward insecurities and suspicions are. It is totally possible to be friends and that be what it is um, uh, in any context. Uh, and so when it's not that, then it's not that. Um, uh, to your question, um, one, uh, if uh, my wife was to say that, um, I think three things. Number one, any type of unilateral blanket, I don't like this and that's what it is, um, that's not compromise, that is a dictatorship. Um, that is emotional manipulation, domination, control, and quite frankly, you know, borderline witchcraft, because if, if you're trying to manipulate, no, it really is. I don't no, know I you can't talk to it, but why? What's the issue? So me, me personally, this is what I would do is I would say, great, well, we're going to go over there. We're going to fly to Austin, which I do not like that city. No offense, kid. We're going to fly to, and maybe y'all are from Austin, too. I don't know. I'm praying for y'all. Y'all get out of there. Listen, uh, it's the Denver of the South. So I say that about Denver, too. I'm just, I'm just being funny. But, but anyway, um, I would say, great. a lot of enemies today. No, I know. <laughs> I, I, I know. Right? No, I, I'm just being funny. That's for Bishop Bright, because I, I give him a tough time all the time. But we would go, we would come to you, and I would say, now, you're going to need to tell him what exactly it is that your issues are. We're gonna, whatever your issues are, we can overcome them, we'll overcome them. But a blanket statement, or, or here's the other thing, I just feel like something's off. This is why the dating process is right, because if you if you date wrong, you marry wrong, you marry wrong, whatever deal won't last long. All of that should have been discovered up front. So her coming all of a sudden, and, and we're married, and she got something to say about that? No, nah, baby, you should have covered that up front, because uh, we should have got through that up front in the preliminary. Ivory, how are you going to react to your husband saying, okay, you don't want us hang, you don't want me hanging out with him. We're going to go talk to him and you need to explain to him why. I wouldn't so, do that. I was going to say, let me first say, I would never approach my husband that way. First off, it would just be a bad idea. And um, it's immature. Um, it's immature. And I agree. It's like you're dictating. You're not my child. Um we can have a conversation about things that bother me about your relationship with someone. And normally that's just behavioral things. Okay. Maybe every time you're with this person, you're coming in a little later. Uh, they've been around. I, I, I hear some jokes y'all make like, I, you know, I don't really like that, but that's still about you. That's not about your friend. Um, so why would I bring up your friend when I actually just have an issue with you? that I can bring to you and we can discuss the issue with you as adults. Me trying to dictate your friendship is me trying to control you and that's mm. not healthy. I, so I would I never like have that, that conversation. With my I really like that, I mean, perspective. So Nicole, what happens, cause you brought up a scenario, what happens when feelings start to bubble over for your friend. Let's take the marriage scenario out. What happens, y'all are both single, what happens when these feelings that have the potential to come about 
what happens? How do you deal with feelings of a person that you had a strictly platonic relationship with in terms of the potential of damaging the long-term relationship? I think that honestly just depends on if you feel like the risk of that or the relationship. Okay, there's feedback happening somewhere. I don't know. I think Leland. <laughs> oh, he's watching it in the other room. I think so. Okay. All right. Leland. Go go ahead on the finish. There's feedback. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so go on and finish your statement. Um, um, I think it depends on where you think that relationship could go. I personally, friends that I had that were male friends, if you're truly friends, then you've shared a lot. And I, I don't think I'd want to risk that if I know them well enough to know that in a relationship. And if you're friends with someone, you know whether or not you'd make it with that person in a relationship. And I don't think I'd be willing to risk that, like my friendship with the relationship, depending on where that person was in their life. But just the male friends that I've had in the past, no. So, 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 so Bishop Foreman, have you had the occasion to speak to people who like, we've been friends forever. And I know that that's what makes us the most compatible as husband and wife. Uh, so, so your question, yes, we've certainly had people uh, to say that. I think friendship is certainly an important piece to that. Um, I think it's certainly an important bedrock um, to that, but not necessarily, that's not necessarily everybody's scenario or situation. How does that translate to you, Ivory? I think I'm I'm maybe I'm a, I'm a little different because I I mean I, I've been married for a while now but even before I was married I had no desire to be friends with anybody I was attracted to like uh, that's interesting if, as the opposite sex if I'm attracted to you why do I want to be your friend like why would I torture myself like that like if I really don't think we're compatible <laughs> or you're interested in me and and I'm attracted to you. I have no interest in being your friend. That's but just me personally. So I the male friends that, that, that I've had, I've not been attracted to them. But isn't that the cornerstone of a real genuine relationship? Nah, the platonic, the key word no. platonic. No, 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 no. There's plenty of homegirls. Listen, ladies, listen to me. There's tons of wonderful ladies out here ready to be your friend. You ain't got to be friends with no man that you attracted to. I just, that no. I, I get that. So but any friend, male friend I've had, I have not been attracted to. Okay, Nicole, what were you saying? And then I'm going to hit you up. I, I, I think if you're friends with someone, I may not be physically attracted to them at first, but you get to know someone, you can start to look past some of the things that you weren't physically attracted to at first. They might start to, because of the way that you communicate, the vibe that you have, how connected you are, those things can start to attract you to like, something. Like you mean, now eventually you, you mean physical attraction? You might not have a physical attraction. Right. Like they low-key ugly or something like that. And, right. Uh, oh, okay. That's I mean, perfectly fine. It just means you got your taste, but that's perfectly fine. It just means that you've moved out of the realm of platonic. 
Yeah. Oh, oh, okay, but so, so Q, it, are you of the opinion that those two worlds can't exist in the same space? Platon no, 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 not at all. If you're a platonic friend, and, and, and let me go a step further than that. It takes two to tangle when it comes to platonic. He can't be your platonic friend, but the on the other side, then they got fit. No, that don't work. You both need to actually be platonic. Let me. I'm, I'm gonna give you an example, and this okay. this is this is how I knew for a fact that me and my the person I told you is my best friend. Yeah, this is how this gave me all the confirmation in the world I needed to know that we were absolutely best platonic friends. Okay, my mother, old school, didn't play that. Would never, ever, ever allow me to stay in the house by myself with another woman. And me and my friend walked on up in there and she was like, all right, well, I'm about to go to the bank. I'm leaving. And she left us in there by herself. I said, now, my mom ain't even concerned. Then I know that everybody <laughs> knows that there ain't nothing between us. Nowhere close to it. Wow. Oh, oh, oh okay. All right. So, so here's now, let's kind of move this scale over to a little more. We were at PG. Let's go up to PG 13. <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna be at R by the end of this conversation. I'm gonna just tell you, we're gonna be good, good, good. Conversation. but let's move up to PG 13. So, well, maybe we might be at NC 17. I may be jumping over PG 13. Let's go right into this question What happened? <laughs> but when you talk about these feelings, uh, evolving, uh, you in using Q's terms and Ivy's terms, you're moving out of this platonic zone into, uh, you know, a different form of relationship. What is the idea of friends with benefits mean? Uh, help me with, with, with that, Q. You start me off with friends with benefits. And you know the benefit I'm talking about. Yeah, I know. And, and, and But what it is, it's, and I'll let y'all jump in here too, it's the expectation that we can take it all the way there without having to force a relational commitment behind it. So we can keep the friendship side of it on the level that we keep it at. You say, is it possible? Yeah, is it possible? Oh, yeah, it's possible. You know what? I, I'm going to say this, and I bet you Bishop might agree with me on this, uh, and then I want the ladies to speak, but I bet you it's possible for the male but it is not possible for the female. Yes, it is. Intimately yes, it is. involved and still. Do you think so, Nicole? Yes, Absolutely. she is. She says she know that ain't. Okay. <laughs> All Absolutely. right. It's true. Well, I'm gonna wait till you. I'm gonna. I'm gonna get back to Bishop. I want you to help me because yeah. I would assume, from a female perspective, that emotions would overtake you guys. And I'm not being. <laughs> All I'm females are emotional. emotional. I'm not being chauvinistic. I know it's coming off like that, and I'm gonna have all these haters. Hold on. First of all, friends with benefits is just a nice way of saying sex without commitment. That's right. all that is. Right. So if I'm a female and I'm just, because we said we jumped over PG-13, right? Yeah. If I'm a female and I'm just horny and uh -huh. I'm just, and I just hook up with somebody that I'm physically attracted to, and I'm saying this, my past female, single female, right, that's right, right. okay. Um, if I'm just horny and I just want to hook up with somebody and he got good game like that, then I can not have commitment to that because I know what I want. So I just want to go in. I just want to have sex and I want to move on about my life. So I think it's possible for a girl to do it just the same as a boy. 
When Ivory, would you agree? Um, I, I think there are different types of women mm -hmm. um, who, there are types that can. Um, I wouldn't say it's the majority of women. I think, I think it's three categories, right? The women who like, no, absolutely not. Mm -hmm. uh, commitment all day. I don't got time to be playing out here with y'all. Then you got the ones that lie to themselves. Um, want that commitment, but think that that's step one to a commitment and it ain't. Yes. So you got the liars out there. They think they can do it and they think they're not going to catch right. feelings. They're they always feel. catching feelings and they're always crying. And then there is a small group of women who really live like that. Like they, they really get it how they live it. So mm -hmm. yeah, I, I agree with all of it. Okay, so Bishop Foreman, then why does a male, why is a male applauded for the ability to uh, hook up and, and, and they call a G, a player, a this, that, and the other, but a female is called a hoe? Um, one, one, I think, you know, uh, just because something is applauded doesn't mean something is accurate uh, or doesn't mean that something is right. Uh, and so I think that is just, that's a double standard that shouldn't exist. I mean, you know, hoeing is hoeing. Uh, however you're going to do it at the end of the day. So I don't think that's something that necessarily exists. And I think it's a double standard, like many double standards um, that exist when it comes to that. I think it's supposed to be a show of masculinity and and gravitas and grandiose, when the reality is, is I really think it really reveals a level of insecurity um, uh, in any individual. Because you know, at the end of the day, if you go deeper from sex, there's not just a physical connection that's going on. There's much more that's happening from a sexual standpoint than just the physical. Standpoint. And so then, Q, does it make it easy? Um, I mean, Bishop said there is, there is something that happens kind of on a deeper level that happens with sex. And we know what we all learned in church about how you know you're connecting spirits and all of that. Um, uh, is it easy for a man to uh, to just hit it and quit it? Let, let me say this first. There is a difference between the term friends with benefits and actually there being friends with benefits. Sometimes people use that term and they really ain't friends. They well, help me understand. It's exactly what I said. Sometimes people say friends with benefits, but they're not really friends. They just like to have sex on the side whenever they get the chance to hook up. Now, there's other instances, which I've been a part of myself. You're actually friends with this person, and you also have benefits on the side. And how do you know this? Even when the benefits disappear or the person finds someone else, then you're still friends. It doesn't change that. The, the sex doesn't define or dictate the relationship, and the relationship does not discontinue once the sex stops so does it not alter the difference it doesn't alter the the character the makeup of the relationship when you introduce sex into a friend this is the this is the thing this is the biggest thing most of the time and in in so many like when you say can there be pl uh platonic friends of the opposite sex it's possible but it's not probable so there can be it can be this. It can you can you can be um, totally just you know it's strictly a physical act and there's nothing more to it. 
for some people, it can be that. And it's even harder to get two people that's on the same page with that at the same time. There's usually mm -hmm. one person who has an ulterior motive. There's one person that yep. has a little bit of insecurity, which leads into other things. They're unsure themselves. They may want a little bit more. They're lonely, which causes different type of neediness, men and female. So unless you find two people that are solely on the same point, we are cool. I like things exactly the way they are. I do not want anything more than what this is right now. I love our friendship. I love our sex on the side. Please don't do anything to mess this up. It's very hard to get both people that's really on the same page. True. It's not it's 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 not impossible, but it's not probable. So Nicole, you agree with Q's perspective? I do because that kind of goes back to um, Olivia, right? Uh, I agree. Ivory, Ivory, um, what she was saying with the different types Hi. of people, because a lot of the times you have, and it, it is usually women that will get in a relationship like that and they have an ulterior motive. Like, okay, he says right now, that's all he wants, but I got that whip appeal. I got that good, good. And you know, I'm gonna turn him around. So, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, so Bishop Foreman, you have a woman come to you and say, hey, listen, We've been friends um, and, you know, we have a little side pack going on or whatever, but I'm having feelings and I don't think he's into me. How do you, what do you tell her? Can you, can you, you said we got a little side, side. Yeah, we got benefits. Yeah, but that's the first problem is that nobody, when you're asking people to pay full price for something they get for free, that's a hard sale. That's a hard sale. Um, so if you're giving the benefits away during a free trial and now you want to start charging a monthly subscription, that's typically where you, you find fall off. So, you know, that, that arrangement, while that may be culturally popular, that's not, that's not spiritually sound, nor is it emotionally healthy, um, uh, either. So, so Ivory, can those women, those women like Nicole, who says I have the capacity to not get hung up in those feelings. Are women like that, maybe in your perspective or people you've spoken to in the past, are women who are like that, are they uh, able to really, re uh, maybe I should be asking Nicole this question. Let me go back to you and I'll just ask you and I'm gonna come back to another question. Nicole, so if you had the capacity to uh, in engage in sex, uh, without the complication of emotions attached, it was feeling a physical need only. How is it possible to engage in, in, in an emotional relationship with somebody else and not compare that physicality from the non-emotional situation? You understand what I'm asking? When, when you say, am I frozen on y'all too? Because I'm frozen on me. Yeah, you're frozen, yeah. but I can hear me. Okay. Um, when you say, hold on, hold on, baby, hold on, baby. So when you say like switchovers, you're saying I'm comparing the physical of the one to. I'm asking you, is it does that potential happen where you compare the physical fulfillment of the of the no relationship? Now you're involved in a relationship, and like, man, I really like this guy but he doesn't satisfy me physically the way that old guy did. Uh, definitely. How, that's, and, and so given that that happens, I'm saying, how do you overcome that if uh, you made yourself aware that, hey, 
this was strictly business over here now it's here how do you overcome the lack of equal <laughs> satisfaction I'm so glad y'all can't see my face and I'm frozen. It It has to be love. That's the only thing that could take me from, not not me. I believe if I'm in love with someone, and I say this a lot, and I don't mean this any harm at all to anyone being my husband, but I believe that you can train up a man in the way that he should go to fulfill you physically. So I, I believe you can, you can, he should know what you like. You should know what he likes. And if he can't meet that physical, that need that you have, then you tell him how to get there. If you love him enough. Up to a certain point. You know what I, I mean up to a certain true. point. No, I don't. Explain, four to five four. There's certain things that, and, and I have a lot of female friends. So, it, 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 if your size does not meet the criteria, what are you going to do to? Oh, to change size? It? He didn't say size. Well, that's part of the, the sexual experience. No, 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 because there are men that aren't there size wise, but they still know what to do with their stuff. But he didn't say size. He just said, "No, no, I, I meant complete fulfillment." Complete. So it depends There's on the certain size woman that may not be able to fulfill you. Is that right? Extra large. It just depends on the woman. I didn't say extra large. I just said the size of fulfillment. It don't matter what the size. But if the size doesn't well, fulfill yeah. you, then what do you do? What about the size of the woman too? It's not all the size of the man. No, I, I but agree. listen, no, I, I was before I forget my point. I was going. <laughs> I was going to go back to when you guys were talking. It reminded me of an earlier point. And I think that why it is so important that we encourage people to do things God's way, even when they get off track, right? Because even you were talking about why is it okay for a man to go out and just do whatever and then women get caught. I've always been the woman like, I don't want no hoe. Like, I don't care if as a man, anybody ever told you that was cute. I don't. Look, men was counting up body counts. I was the woman like, nah, that ain't going to work for me because <laughs> so I don't you, need you to have. You didn't mind a, a man with less experience because you didn't, that was not a something for you to attain as a guy. I do not. It was, it was two things for me because we can learn together, but I don't okay. want you to have 15, 20 people you comparing me to. Mm. And I also... Don't need you to have whole ways and then you backslide and backslide right on back into them whole ways because we all gonna backslide sometime. What you backsliding back into? So I got an argument for that actually. What, I need what you need to know on the front end. I can argument, I can argue <laughs> the opposite side on that though. Okay, somebody who ain't never experienced what? anything, then they still have more curiosity versus some people who've been there and done that. Now they're like, look, I already lived that life. Mm. I'm good with that life. I already Ooh, know no. what that is and the end, the end how it all me, ends out. It, I'm saying it can go both ways. I think ways. that's about mate selection. No, it can, but I still think that's about mate selection because I don't think sexual curiosity is about numbers. I think sexual curiosity, if you truly have right. it, is best played out with one person. It's best played out with one person you can be comfortable with to play out those curiosities with. 
I, I think people with large numbers, a lot of times they don't know what they're doing because they never got comfortable with one person to even find out. So I think sexual curiosity is best played out with one person. So I, I don't think the numbers thing work. Spoken like a true Bishop word. Foreman said something that I really want. I really want uh, the panel to, uh, to, to dig in on because what he said, I think, was really, really interesting. Um, he said, if you've been if you give something away for free, then how do you expect somebody to want to pay for it or to have a subscription to it? So. I mean, doesn't that kind of weigh in your mind uh, when when you think about singleness? Um, is how am I going to get her to want me more, or how am I get him to want me more in a relationship if I've already been getting it for free? And Bishop Foreman, I think, had a, a great insight because now you have to start having demands that were not necessary to have what you were getting, uh, which might mean respect, which might mean loyalty, Ari talking about, uh, consistency. You, you Now you want all of these things. How, how, how is that fair to want that? Uh-oh, we lost Nicole altogether. Bishop Foreman, how is it fair to want those things? Uh, I mean, I, that's just the whole point. It's not. I mean, I get, I get um, the what is seemingly becoming more of a cultural norm, uh, but it tells the statistics tell us that that way is a failure. Fifty percent of first marriages end in divorce. Sixty-seven percent of second marriages end in divorce. Seventy-three percent of third marriages end in divorce. The way people are dating is not working. Um, the statistics suggest that eighty percent. 80% of married couples would divorce, except that it's not financially beneficial at this time. Uh, wow. So the is this whole concept of, uh, of dating uh, using biblical principles is very important because at the end of the day, uh, the way that we're doing it is not working. Okay, so 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 now um, let, 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 let's move it just the Before you move though, people, people don't date anymore. Okay. Okay. That's a good point. Tell me what you mean. They don't like. Um, I I have single friends. I'm I'm watching my son right now with this dating process, and it is turning my stomach. People don't date anymore. They hang. They talk. They vibe. It's not. It's not where you're like, hey, you know, let's go out. Let's go on a date. Let's meet at a movie. Let's go out to eat. You don't. People talk on phones now. They they communicate via social media, um, and then they hook up. There's not, there's not dating anymore. And, and that's part of the problem is because your infatuation is with a character that they had to pose in order to pose, mm -hmm. um, which is why the process is, is broken. Like the first 90 days, nobody in this. Uh, I think your AirPods are going out of battery because you're coming in and out, Bishop. Okay, you can come. Huh? Okay, can you hear me now? I, I'll, yeah, that's better. That's better. Yeah, so, so, in so in that the first ninety days of knowing somebody uh, from a psychological standpoint, you're what is referred to as the ecstasy stage. So you're not paying attention to any of the realities of who they are, the realities of what's presented, and that unfortunately is where many people make permanent decisions. That's where many people get engaged sexually, etc. But you don't even really know who that person is that you're dealing with. So again, mm -hmm. just because something is culturally a norm doesn't mean that it's uh, has any level of efficacy in your life. Because the reality is, again, the statistics would be very different. I think that's a great point. People don't do that. They text, 
they, you know, social media and all that, but that's not getting to know a person. And then that first 90 days, that really should be an interrogation, an investigation into who they are to determine if they qualify to come to the next season of your life. 90 days is the mm, season. I like that. That simple nuance in how people date that simple nuance in how people date would produce better results. You mentioned the fact that I am unmarried. That is by choice because one, I've counseled thousands of married couples and I also see pastors and executives who sit and see similar to mine and I studied them and I studied that where they were most made mistakes was in the relationships. They picked Delilah's. Delilah's name in Hebrew means one who weakens or makes poor. Which literally means you can pick the person that is going to end up tearing down what you spent your life building. And when, yeah. and when you've accomplished something, you want to make sure whoever you bring into your world, that they're going to help you build and not break it down. Okay, Q. Love at first sight. Nah. <laughs> um, Is that pos real? Possible, but not probable. I've seen it in a couple different instances. Um, but let, let me say this. Even, even love at first sight, it's not it still won't be known until later. <laughs> it can't be because the only thing that, that will actually confirm it is the test of time itself. So just because you say you love, well, love somebody at first sight, eh, possible Attraction at first sight, but it's, I think it's possible. I don't think it's probable. All right. Hey, Ivory, come on. Well, and when I say lust, I'm not saying lust in a bad way. Lust, the strong desire yeah. to have. I see you. I have a strong desire to have you. I just seen you and I have a strong desire to have you. That's what happens when people say it was love at first sight. They seen each other and they wanted to have each other. That's not love. You could definitely have lust at first sight and it could feel overwhelming so and wonderful. Later, being married 50 years later, can you say that they weren't actually in love at first sight? Yes, I can say they actually were not in love. At first say that. No, they wanted can't. each other very badly when they wanted to see. No, I love agree because love that. Over, that would be over time. Love is yeah, a love choice. Time. Love is something I'm choosing to commit myself to you. You can't yeah. you can't know that when you first see someone. I mean, you feeling my joy because I was about to get into that. You you still in my joy because I want to talk about this thing um, with love now. People say, I love you, but love is not feelings. Mm. Feelings are feelings. Love is not emotions. Love is not feelings. L love is action. Love is commitment. Love is some. I'm about to say something and expose myself, but that's okay. Uh, I'm a grown man. I can take <laughs> it. But um, something that I told, uh, I, I told my sons. Uh, and I told them this because they were older and I'm telling my daughter this now, but I told my sons, uh, don't be trying to talk about you, you, you hooking up with you, marrying, you having kids with somebody you have feelings for. Cause I don't believe in that. What you need to be trying to understand is kind of even what Bishop said is you want to know if this person has the capacity to keep your life on the upward trajectory. So to me, marriage is about business it ain't about feelings and if you don't go into marriage with a good understanding that marriage is about business and not feelings you're gonna wind up in a situation that's unsustainable for you in my real belief because that's feelings change like that the feelings change just like that mm -hmm. 
But commitment is something different. And, and here's the deal. You can be committed to somebody that you're not even attracted to. Right? You can be marriage? Yep. Sure. You can be. If you're leading if you're leading with something other than your emotion or your uh, loins, absolutely you can. The challenge comes is trying to uh, when you make a decision whether or not you're willing to sacrifice your ideal for somebody that might be more compatible in other areas of your life. Hmm. You say, huh, help me understand the code. I just, I, I think it would be hard. And I, I've been married 22 years. Oh, baby. I, I think it would be hard to not be attracted to someone and remain committed to them. I'm turning over. I'm looking at them for, for 22 years. Like when the moment that those feelings get involved and I get ticked off, and I'm not attracted to you either. Like that's real difficult. I, I believe that love is true commitment because love is what has kept commitment is what has kept me married for 22 years. Oh, there are times I was ready to like go a separate way, and and I know he was too. Like, oh, I can't take too much more of this. But commitment is what makes you work past all of those issues and stay. My point exactly. There's no guarantee you'll always be attracted to, to your partner, though. If I was not attracted to him, I'd have thought twice. That commitment might not have been as strong. You love to hear that brother singing that baritone. That's what you. That's love. what got me though. So <laughs> I'm not even. I'm not even going to front. I wasn't paying attention to my husband until I heard him sing. So. And I'm gonna tell you that brother got one of the stellar voices of our time. I'm telling you. Okay, but Q, you were gonna say something. What were you gonna say? No, I was, I was just saying that uh, attraction is not guaranteed to remain, even if you are initially attracted to someone or they're initially attracted to you. That's not a guarantee throughout the course of a relationship. Just like so there's a difference between loving someone and being in love with one what uh, in love with someone. I want to know. Okay, I want when you talk about in love, you're talking about the emotion of love. And that's why people can fall in love and fall out of love. Um, but love is the the what Ivory was talking about. How you can't? There's no such thing as love as first at, at at first sight. She's talking about the the First Corinthians thirteen type of love that can't be manifested. It takes time to prove that 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 type of thing. But when you're talking about just the emotion of love, yeah, and that that can be there. In which love love and um, being in love and being in lust is uh, almost identical. They fraternal twins. Um, one <laughs> one continues and lasts uh, throughout time, and the other one fades away. That's how you know the difference. But you're not gonna know until that time hits. But um, just anyway, my whole point was just just like you can fall in and out of love. And over the course of a marriage, I was married for 10, 10 or eleven years. Um, you may fall in and out of love several times over that period of time. But if you love some loving someone will keep you committed to that person, even when you're not in love with them. Bishop Foreman, do you agree with that? Uh, I, I don't know how much of it is is simply the, the, the nuance and the use of the words. 
I mean, I think when you're talking about, I mean, from a technical standpoint, there is no emotion of love. Love produces emotions. There's no, there's no technical uh, definition that means that. Um, I think love certainly produces emotions, but at the end of the day, I mean, there's no, there's no technical definition of love in that way. But, but perhaps it's, it's just the way that it's been worded or nuanced. But, um, but no, I mean, at the end of the day, the danger of falling into love is that you fall out of it. Uh, again, love is a choice. It's a choice. And again, there's 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 three Hebrew words for love. There are five Greek words for love. Uh, the strongest of them is agape, which simply would be what we refer to as unconditional love. We're all striving for that love, but the reality is is that we, we all probably have to continue to strive for that because unconditional love is something that's very difficult for us to fathom because for most of us, um, it has always been connected to some level of condition. The reality is you've got eros, that's erotic love. That's the type of love that uh, arouses you, that's sexual love, that's attraction that's being drawn to. You've got philea, uh, that is where we get the term Philadelphia, brotherly love. That's the kind of love you and I have for each other, uh, Bishop Wright, where we've got a brotherly love. I love you like a brother. Uh, you've got storage, which is the affection between a parent and a child, that's a different type of love. So those are all facets or faces of love, but they're all rooted in the same thing, which is the decision. Um, and so at the end of the day, um, can that grow? Can that be stronger? Yes. Can that wane and can that fade? Absolutely. But the bedrock of it is the decision. And so since God is love, when we say we love someone, what we're really saying is I God you in, in, this, in this way. I choose to view you the way God views you, even when you are a, a annoying the heck out of me. Um, I choose you even when I want to choose something else or do something else or go somewhere else. At the end of the day, that's what it is. And I think the danger with subjects like this is that if we make them subjective to our own experiences or subjective to our own belief patterns is then you get into um, a lot of stuff that's just simply not sustainable because the statistics won't bear that. Okay, so now, oh yes, Q, go ahead on. I'll say real quick, if if you're in a relationship with a woman, you better learn the difference of what they mean when they talking about in love and not in love. Because a woman can wake up every single morning and talk about and tell you, hey, baby, I love you. And if you don't recognize that they're telling you that they love you, but they're not actually in love with you, you're going to think you somewhere and you in a good space and find out that you ain't in, in as good a space as you, as you thought if you're not paying attention to the signs. So it ain't even about my day. I understand what partners and other people say when they mean that. It's not, I mean, words are a, a, a way to express a thought and, a, and an emotion. So you just better understand what that means when someone says it or when they don't say it. And you better understand the difference of what they're saying between uh, one and the other. That's all. Okay. Exactly. No, and I agree with that. I actually agree with that point. That's actually the, the latter point of what I was making is that because it means different things to different people, there again, the importance of understanding when I say this, this is what I mean. When I need to know that you mean the same thing, so we're on the same page. Because if I'm on FM and you're on XM radio or AM or something else, therein lay the whole chasm and the issue where we run into is because. Um, many times what we thought we knew what they meant, but we didn't actually clarify what they meant. And that misconception is what creates 50%, 67%, 73%. Because even in relationships, longevity doesn't mean success. And sometimes longevity is because there's been a lack of clarity throughout the period of time. When we first started this conversation, Nicole, uh, Nicole said something, and, and this is kind of where I want to move to now. Um, 
Uh, we have about 10 minutes left. Uh, so I want to kind of move to this. You're in a group, uh, you're in a group of friends. Well, well, this is not what you, I was going to say something else. Let me do this first and then I'll go. I have so much stuff in my head. I'm trying to get out right now. Okay. When the first, when Nicole first came on, she was talking about, Hey, uh, you know, friends, and then you get into a relationship and your husband is not, or your wife is not cool with the relationship. It goes first. How do you deal, uh, Nicole? Um, what does loyalty look like to you? Loyalty to my husband or my friend? Or a loyalty okay. in general? Um, is it different? Is the I, the concept of loyalty different uh, uh, depending on who it's for? Well, I've made a commitment to my husband when, when I married him. Um, unless my friend and I have signed some kind of license of friendship, then like, I, I am... I am a loyal friend, but I kind of just grew up that way. So what does um, look like? What does it mean I don't know what, to you? That means that through thick and thin, dark and light, I've got that person's back. Like, like I'm there, whatever they need, whatever I can do. If I got $10 and we're both broke, then you got a five and I got five. Like, I just see loyalty as I'm, I constantly have your back. There's if I'm eating and you're not eating, we both eat not eating. Like it's 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 we're working that out. We're gonna split a can of peas. Whatever we gotta do. To say like can of peas. loyalty. Peas so <laughs> I don't like the tech. No, they, they are gross. I don't know. That was the first thing that came to my head. Yeah, I don't even. That's that's right. I actually I actually have a story on this lines. I actually had a situation with my husband and one of my friends some years ago. Okay, I want to hear. And yeah, uh, it was one of those um, those long term friendships. You know, a friendship you've been in for for fifteen. Well, you know, since since forever. And um, this person did something that offended my husband. Um, and my stance was with her: you have offended my husband. That is unacceptable. As long as my husband is offended and he doesn't want to come to this place or he doesn't want to do this thing. My first loyalty lies with my husband. That's what I told her. Now, if you change course, correct, I am your friend. I am still here for you. There are some ways we can work around this, and I know we'll all be okay again. That's what I told her. Now, on my husband's side, he said, I don't, your friend, I don't like her. You know, I don't like what she did. Like, forget it. And I said, no, no, we're not forgetting forever friends. I have let her know she needs to course correct. And if she does, she is still welcome to be our friend. I need you to be okay accepting that as well. So I had loyalty to both of them. I didn't dismiss either one of them. My primary loyalty was to my husband, but I also was was not about to lose a forever friend either. And that's something we all work through together. And to this day, we're all, I mean, Gucci. I mean, we're great. But I just think you have to approach those things with a lot of maturity, a lot of grace, um, not heavy handed, and uh, you can get through it. So you can be loyal. I mean, your, your highest loyalty is to your husband, but it doesn't mean you have to be disloyal to your friend. So, 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 so if she said, 
Uh, no, I, I'm not. I'm not working it out with him. Then with her, it's over. Until. Until you do. And this is why I told her. Whenever you want to, I'm here. Whenever okay, you said, want to, I'm here. What if he, he would have been adamant and said, "Okay, but I'm never going to uh, deal with her again. It's just not going to happen." I think it's how you want, and this is a thing about mate selection too, because I don't like emotionally immature people. Um, so I wasn't going to pick an emotionally immature person. So to me, when people say things like that, like, like especially as a Christian, you start talking, can't work through anything with anybody. It's spiritual immaturity yes. and it's emotional immaturity. And so I didn't pick nobody who would be like that. Now, you might say that in the moment in your emotions, but when you think about Christ and his love and his forgiveness, I know you're going to come to a new conclusion. Um, I'm sorry for people who didn't. I want to add on a side note. Okay. It's, it's when it comes to loyal, loyalty, it's for me to decide and dictate the terms of my loyalty. It's not for the other person to deem what type of loyal person I should be. You be loyal the way that you know how to be, and I'll be loyal the way that I know how to be. I say friendships and relationships, you'll find a lot of people try to guilt you into loyalty. You'll even yeah. find a lot of in organizations, I've seen this in churches a lot of times, where people will try to question or test your loyalty in order, well, you ain't loyal and you're not for, look, it's for me to just, the Define how I want to be loyal. If you call me disloyal, that's your choice. My choice is to be loyal the way I decide to. As a friend, if you're not loyal to me, then that doesn't change what I am to you. That's something that's internal for me. But I don't need anyone on the outside trying to dictate what I should or should not do to prove or to maintain some type of loyalty. Well, it's not true loyalty if if my exactly. loyalty depends. I on am the way I am because that's who I am. Anyway. Ain't got nothing to do with you. Okay, and so I, I, I'm concerned of, of with one one phrase. And Bishop, maybe you can help me uh, understand it differently. You said I'm loyal the way I know how to be loyal. You loyal the way you know how to be loyal. Is is loyalty that? Um, pliable that it can be framed around the person um so i'll answer this um i'll answer this and i'll go back i'll use scripture i'll go back to bible um david's son absalom betrays him david um felt the need to be loyal to absalom because jesse david's father wasn't loyal to him so he was making up he was fighting for absalom because jesse never fought for him um absalom tries to take the kingdom and he says to him, um, Joab takes the kingdom or, you know, essentially takes a knocks, takes Absalom down. They kill him. They come back. David's first question isn't, are y'all OK? David's first question is, tell me about the lad. Tell me about my son. Is he OK? And they say, no, we killed him. Um, David begins to weep and to mourn. And Joab says this to him. You love those that hate you. You hate those that love you. Um, he says, I think that if any of us died, you wouldn't have said nothing, but you're mad over this, 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 this villain who is your son, but he tried to take your kingdom. I use that as an example to say, I think when we're talking about loyalty, 
this again goes to the conversations because different things work for different people. Uh, for me personally, the way my loyalty works um, is that one, that's a function of how I am, but to give that, that's also a necessity for who I'm giving that to. Um, I think that it is um, it is reckless to um, to not have to to give a certain level of loyalty and also expect it and expect it incorrectly from that individual. So, for example, again, I'll go back to our friendship. Uh, we operate from a level of loyalty that is you know is 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 mirrored on the same on the same sides. Uh, you know, we'll fight, we'll do, you know, not literally, but we'll do what we need to do for another. That is how you and I operate. I don't think everybody operates that way. And to Q's point, that's their prerogative. It's also my prerogative then to say, because that level of loyalty doesn't work for me, then we can't do this. Okay. So if that's okay. how you do it, that's fine. But then we can't do this. We can't do it. I think that's maybe what Q was saying. I don't know. But I think that's the beauty of conversation is because for some people that just, that you know, they say, well, "Look, this is all I'm gonna do." Well, okay, great. Well, then I, I, I'd be a fool to keep investing a gallon when you're only gonna give a quart. So since you're only gonna give a quart, that doesn't work for me. And that's the beauty of friendship, relationship. I like what uh, Ivory mentioned about in dating and who she selected. Like she picked the right fit. It's about the right fit in romantic relationships, friendship, and for the right fit, you know, you can make it work. But but I think that needs to be discussed so that you're not. And that's why that investigative period. And that's why that investigative period is so important so that you can make sure that y'all see things the same way. Absolutely. You can't be giving it up too fast either. (laughs) I mean, you shouldn't give it up at all. But if you, but definitely not too fast because you. Well, this is a generation of quickness. Everybody wants to. That's what Nicole was saying. Though people don't even take the time to court. Don't just sit there. We're gonna go out a couple times. Are you gonna be my boyfriend or not? What is it going to be? No. See what type of effort they want to put. See what type of creativity they got in, in taking you out. They shouldn't be lazy and then on the second date is just Netflix and chill. Is that what they think of you? Oh, no. Shoot, even if you get a second date, you might end up on a second text. <laughs> second text. Shoot. That is fun. I'm telling you, this stuff is fast. Now, kids, kids, even young adults want stuff fast. They don't want to go through that process like the bishop said, 90 days. What? 90 days. And don't make yourself so immediately days. exclusive. Like you don't have to be boyfriend and girlfriend within the first 30 days. So now you've yeah. already semi-committed to somebody who may not be for you. But now you got to go through the role and the and the the the, the habits of somebody who's to break up. You acting like but you acting like a married person. There's plenty of people out there that you probably should be uh uh interviewing that that really could um be that one. Uh, and you want to know what's interesting? Like that. That's Bishop Foreman's uh, phrase: interviewing. You you're in a job interview. These first ninety days, well, you're in a job. Interview. And 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 hey, I'm I'm trying to see if you're gonna fit. If you don't fit, like right, that song, quit. You don't fit, <laughs> quit, quit. Just relax. Yes. Okay. All right, guys. Thank you so much for taking the time. This has been a great conversation, friends, lovers, and loyalty. I, um, uh, I mean, there's so much more, but yeah. we'll save it for another time. Uh, y'all have a great Thanksgiving. You know, eat eat a lot of food, a lot of turkey, and uh, eat some pies and cakes. And uh, <laughs> oh, I'm just thinking about it, and I'm starting to drool. But, but thank y'all so much. Y'all have a great uh, uh, great holiday. 
See you later. Bye, everybody. Thanks for coming. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye, guys.